A year ago, The Clone Wars ended its seven-season run by giving fans some of the best Star Wars we've ever seen, and by broadening our understanding of canon. Now that The Bad Batch is here, we wonder, by focusing on the epic theme of conformity versus individuality, will this new animated series prove itself to be even more ambitious than The Clone Wars? This is Mad Unreal, episode 36. Let's go. <laughs> good to see the bad batch i know we both love it i know we gush over it mm-hmm. um what i really like is how in the opening i mean the just the just the credit sequence mm-hmm. you know starts as a continuation of uh the siege of mandalore and shows the end of it the the transition from the republic to the empire with the execution of order 66 in real time on another planet with another squad having nothing to do with Anakin or Obi-Wan or even mm-hmm. Ahsoka mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Squad 99 looking in real time, realizing that the quote unquote regular clones have are off at this point. Something went wrong. And I want to I want to talk to you about that. But I, man, it's, it's interesting because we I think everybody kind of knew that Order 66 was going to be the jump off of this show. You know, yeah. Uh, how could it not be? Um, unless they're going to do, you know, flashback to before Clone Wars season seven and begin, mm-hmm. you know, the Bad Batch story there, which they could have done, which would have been interesting as well. But if you are going to do and, and like you said, it's they made it very clear that this is a continuation or the next evolution of the Clone Wars, because with that burning of, you know, the first thing you see is the red Clone Wars logo mm-hmm. and then it just burns away and you see the Bad Batch. So it's like, yeah, here is the next part of that story but i wanted to ask you about order 66 because first of all it was interesting how they presented it in the sense of you know it wasn't some when you think about order 66 you think about this big galactic you know thing that happened and it just everything changed within a heartbeat like you said it was a switch you know right but for the individual jedi and the in, in the clone forces or the clone troopers it was really realistic how they did it in the beginning of this this show because in episode one because there's only like one Jedi and one Padawan you know you know per what you know per twenty or thirty thousand clone troopers or whatever mm-hmm, you know it's like mm-hmm, it's yeah. not like there's always a it's not like there's a host of Jedi around so there's only one or, or two of them around and when that switch got flipped you saw it very realistic in the sense that, you know, the Bad Bats were running in one direction mm-hmm. and all of a sudden mm-hmm. all hell kind of jumped off over here in the corner and they turn around and they're like, what just happened? And, you know, and that's how it would really happen. Like, wait a minute, what, like something completely out of the blue and something you never thought would happen happens. Yeah. It's not some big epic event. It's kind of like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, what just happened? And you really are confused. Right. So I thought it was really cool. How, how did you feel about how they portrayed, episode, you know, Order 66? Um, I mean, it, 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 to me, it's analogous to uh, the Marvel Universe's blip where Thanos snaps his finger mm-hmm. and 50% of the population of the entire universe goes away. Mm-hmm. And then later we see in uh, both WandaVision, but specifically Falcon and Winter Soldier, the result of people coming back. Right. After Endgame, after the Avengers have recovered all the Infinity Stones by traveling back in time and replacing them and, you know, defeating Thanos mm-hmm. uh, decisively. Right. And just the result of that, the result of half, 
you know, half the population is gone. I'm living in a house now where yesterday I was homeless. Today I have a home and now they're back and now I'm kicked out of my home. And that mm-hmm. whole storyline of Car- Carly Morgenthau. And I know mm-hmm. this is not an Avengers, Avengers show, but that realism that mm-hmm. this is how this looks like this universal right, event points of view. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This universal event, how that specifically looks for a specific group of people. And that's what Right. The Bad Batch is with yeah, Order 66. Yeah, they're running in, they're literally running in a different direction and they just hear it. And they hear, yeah. you know, and then they hear the kid who, of course, is Kanan. They hear him, you know, what, going basically saying, you know, master, you know, no, no, no. And they turn around. They're like, what? Wait a minute. What's happening? They're looking. Is it, are there are there droids attacking? What's going on? You know? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I want to ask you very quickly about Order 66 is that. In our minds, when we talk about it, we're talking about a lot of times we just talk about the specific order, you know, like mm-hmm. execute order 66. OK, the mm-hmm. clones killed the Jedi. The Jedi have committed treason. Clones kill all the Jedi. The other aspect of that, though, I think that really comes to light in this show, especially in the first episode and especially with Crosshair is it's not just that it's not just that specific moment and you know it's not like they just switch and okay kill the jedi and then they go back to being you know fives and heavy and you know it's not like they right, go back this to individuality being, this right. is a completely it's like a switch that gets flipped and they are just yeah. like they're different people almost you know when they right. when the bad batch goes to um goes back home to camino and you know they're like what's you know there's a change and blah 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 and then mm-hmm. tech is like let me try it out let me test it out and he says something to one of the other clones who's marching and the clone just is like you know get out of the way and it's just like mm-hmm. whoa it's like aren't we brothers aren't we you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. there's they're all just, that's out the window all that's out the window so yeah. it, it's kind of giving me a different perspective on order 66 in the sense that it wasn't just about you know execute the order of killing the Jedi. It was, it was like a whole mental shift for them, um, for yeah. these clones. It's a very binary execution of something. It, it was, it was very, the character crosshair, it's like he went on a fritz. Mm-hmm. It's like he's, he's, he's reacting to order 66, mm-hmm. but a little conflicted over, like he, he's aware that something has changed in him. Whereas mm-hmm. the other clones are not. Right, the other clones are completely unaffected, basically. Are you, are you talking about the other clones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying when batch. Order 66 yeah, happens, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the majority of the clones, the, the right. switch flips, they have an order, and that order validates the execute the, right. the, them ex- ex- executing the command. So, for, mm-hmm. for example, for example, you know, someone like um, uh, like Rex or, or, or Captain Cody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Order 66 says the Jedi have committed treason against the Republic. Kill all the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Cody at no point stops and says, well, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. this guy, the guy that I've been serving under for however many years, him, when I've been with this dude for the majority (laughs) of the time, when did he do it? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? I was with him all day yesterday. He didn't do anything. Yeah. (laughs) I would have seen it. Right. Right. Now Rex did, Rex fought a little bit, just a little bit enough to tell Ahsoka to find, um, fine heavy or fine fine fives you know he mm-hmm. you, you know mm-hmm. he, he gives he gives her a little bit because he was able to fight it just a little bit because he had maybe because he had been you know pre-exposed to the the idea that there was a chip he knew that there was a chip he knew something right. was wrong right um, but to right. your point yeah for most of these for most if not all the other clones it was there was no questioning of there's something wrong inside of me whereas with crosshair yeah because he was a um defect so i'm putting mm-hmm. air quotes up mm-hmm. um because he was part of the bad batch 
he um, he was aware that there was, you know, that he was he's off, but he's not all the way off, you know. And right. then they, and then, of course, you know, Tarkin enhances it and just, you know, takes him all the way into the other in the other direction. Um, but now that we're there, though, let me ask you before we get into the main core of the, of the show. How did how did it feel to you to see these clones? You know, we spent seven seasons, you know, growing very close to these clones, mm-hmm. knowing them as individuals, um, even the ones that we didn't spend a lot of time with. We saw all of them as individuals, you know, by season seven. You know, we kind of you know, we saw that this was yeah. an army of not clones. This was an army of men, you know, as Rex mm-hmm. says famously mm-hmm. in that one arc, mm-hmm. you know, we're not mm-hmm. clone, we're men, you know, um, how did it feel to you to see? This huge, I mean, man, we, you know, when we first came into Star Wars in 80, no, in 70, whatever, or eight, maybe 80, if you saw Empire first, of our people of our generation, we came into Star Wars. Yeah. Stormtroopers, you know what I'm saying? It was, there was never, you know, it was like, what's a clone? You know, we heard Obi-Wan Kenobi mention the Clone Wars, but we didn't know Mm -hmm. what that meant. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, Mm -hmm. the Stormtroopers were Stormtroopers. They were uniform. There was no personality amongst them. They were all the same. But over the last seven years, we've learned, oh, before the stormtroopers, you know, the conscripted service, there were clones. And before they were stormtroopers, they were actually the clone army and they were these individuals and blah, 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 blah. How did it feel to you to see that shift happen, to watch, you know, at this the first phase of this um, transformation of the clones that we know and love into the uh, the um, um, empirical army? Actually, I felt really encouraged because this is the first time where it seemed that the storyline was going to get into how the clones developed into the later stormtroopers. And I even laughed a little bit where in the opening episode, um, Tarkin is having a conversation with the prime minister of, of Kamino. Mm-hmm. And he's basically telling him, hey, look, we're reevaluating all of this because we're going to we're thinking about canceling our contract mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for these clones. I love this scene. Yeah. And I thought about you during the scene because I was like, this is what we be talking about. Right? We have theories on where the stormtroopers came from, like how this how this army was maintained mm-hmm. when clones died out. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the stormtroopers, if 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 Tarkin is to be believed and this plan goes forward, mm-hmm. it was a cost cutting measure. Right. To have stormtroopers that laughably can't shoot straight, never can't have been. Straight. But yeah, he and when he said that explicitly, he was explicitly um, the Kaminoan or a Kaminoan. I don't know how you pronounce their their uh, their nationality or their race. But he said, listen, they they won't compare to our clones. And mm-hmm. I kind of got Tarkin's point, though, because in Tarkin's view, it's like we're not at war anymore. You know, mm-hmm. so we don't need this high level of basically like a super soldier. We don't need that anymore. We can just have, you know, we can script some conscript some people, put them in stormtrooper gear mm-hmm. and, you know, have them basically be security guards, you know, for the mm-hmm. galaxy. Mm-hmm. Whereas the clones, the clones were born and bred for battle, you know, and these are elite troopers, um, every single one of them to, to a certain degree. So I kind of got Tarkin's point, but I'm with you. It really, I love that scene because it's like, oh, so this is how it happens. You know, this is how you get, by the time we get to New Hope, this is why we have just straight stormtroopers. And yeah. we realize they're not clones um, no. because they would be much more um, adept at what they're doing than we see in um, in uh, the original Star Wars film. Yeah. And even in the First Order troopers. Now, I still maintain that, and I think Finn verified this mm-hmm. um in uh the rise of skywalker i still maintain that 
by the time we get to the first order, these are a generation of individuals that have been kidnapped as children. That's what I, I still maintain that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it does appear, and we'll see if this develops throughout the season of, of, of the Bad Batch, but it does appear that the stormtroopers of episodes uh, uh, four through six mm-hmm. are individuals who have been displaced given the breakup of the Republic, mm-hmm. the rise of the Empire, and then are now effectively paid some sort of livable wage. Right. Taken care of in some way. In right. the same way that minorities in particular, black and brown in the United States of America, are mm-hmm. attracted into the military service based mm-hmm. on benefits. Right, based it, on the It does appear that this model is happening. Become a stormtrooper and we'll pay your way through college, basically. You know what right. I'm saying? Become a stormtrooper and you can eat. <laughs> Right. You can eat and and and, wear and have photos. housing, right. right? Have housing and see and see right. the galaxy. You know, see just the like galaxy. The world. You see the galaxy. Wear white uniform. <laughs> so and that opens up a lot of storytelling for them. I'll, I'll be I'll be interested in seeing if they if they pursue that because that if we see because even in the um in the lunchroom scene, um mm-hmm. in episode one of the Bad Batch, and you see the new stormtroopers, you know, without their helmets, you know, and you know, oh they're still clones. And they get into the fight. You see, they still have personality, but you can mm-hmm. like slowly see that scrubbing away of you know the clone army into um, the Imperial Guard, basically. You know, the Imperial Army. So it's 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 very interesting, to me. And it's it's also kind of sad, though. You know, it is kind of sad to see. And I, I told you this when we talked about it before, when we were talking about the trailer and seeing yeah. you know that army of just what used to be clone troopers. Now they're all in white, you know, becoming mm-hmm. stormtroopers, and mm-hmm. it's like, ugh, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. man, you know, you you think about all those that stuff you went through with these clones in those seven seasons. Um, you think about Anakin's bond with them. You think about um, Ahsoka's bond with them. Yeah. Um, it's it's sad, you know. It really is sad. And by the way, in episode two, when Rex is mentioned um, by Cut, the deserter um, mm-hmm. clone, and he says Rex was just through here, man. It's so strategic how they did. Cause you know, the first question is in mind, was Ahsoka with him? You know, it's exactly. like, was he yeah. by himself? Was Ahsoka with yeah. him? Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, Rex was through here. Where was he going? Oh, I don't know. I didn't ask him. And it was like, you motherfucker. It's like, you know, they're yeah. holding that back, you know? So I, I, I thought that was really interesting. So now I, I do want to get to cut, but I mean, I'll wait until we specifically talk about the episode, yeah, uh, let's episode do, let's, two cut and run. Well, let's, let's jump into the main, what we think is the main theme of this it appears to be the main theme of this show is going to be conformity versus individuality. Mm-hmm. And I meant to write it down, but there's that great um, line from Echo. And I think it was episode two when he lays it all out, basically. And he says, mm-hmm. and so he says, basically, it's crazy to me how clone, all clones wanted to do was have names. You know, they didn't want to just be numbers. They didn't just want to be, you know, um, blank, you know, uh, just, you know, blank, you know, empty vessels for whatever uh, the Republic wanted. They wanted to be individuals. So he said, you know, yeah. we wanted names. And now, now that the Empire has risen, all of a sudden they're giving out these chain codes. Yep. And that goes like yep. now people are trading in. You know, all they want is numbers, you know, and it's yep. like the flip. And I was like, ooh, that was like it was just so direct. You know, you sometimes you don't get those kind of kind of direct lines from Clone Wars. Um, but that was just such a direct line. Like, this is what it's about, you know, conformity versus individuality. So first of all, do you think, cause I, as watching, that's what I thought, okay, here's, here's the theme. If not for the entire show, definitely probably for this season. Do you, do you agree? Is that going to be what they're going to pursue? I think so. Um, I think that they're going to use some of these episodes to provide further thread to tie the multiple series 
and storylines together. Um, like they've done with um, the Padawan Caleb, who mm-hmm. we see as the we've who we've first been introduced as the adult Kanan in Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. We've tied him off. We get further information about uh, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Tarkin, Admiral Tarkin, I think at this moment, isn't he? Do you think really quickly? Do you think we're going to see Kanan again in the Bad Batch? Oh, I absolutely think that we're going to see Caleb slash Kanan. Mm. It's not going to end well because remember when we see him in Rebels, he's like, you know, fuck the clones. They turn yeah. against us, you know, yeah. so yeah. whatever. If we see him again in this series, it's not going to go well. And that that was OK. So let me say one thing about about Hunter, really, but about Caleb. Mm-hmm. Hunter went after Caleb while Crosshair, meanwhile, is flipping and mm-hmm. Hunter, you know, shooting at the boy. Right. But. Hunter is reaching out to Caleb. Omega, the young girl who's mm. a clone, we learn. The mm. first female clone I've ever seen. Is she a clone? What is she? We'll, well get to that. Let's we'll get, get to, that. to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. I think it was um, uh, a deep dive that you had, had forwarded me that kind of pointed out how, you know, in every one of these storylines, we know that there's always two Jedi, two Sith, Master mm. Padawan, Master Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also these ancillary pairings too: adult, lone child, no, mm-hmm. no family. Right. right. <laughs> you know, yeah. we've yeah. seen that before, or or limited family. family. You know, Anakin, his mother, and and his father was you know a a, a force spirit or something. We don't know. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> <God>. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I thought that that was really interesting how that reaching out that Hunter was trying to do with Caleb. And he, mm-hmm. and I think he almost had him until Crosshair, you mm-hmm. know, showed up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it may have influenced the adult Kanan to go after Ezra. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Uh, it is a stretch, you know, but it's reasonable to me mm-hmm. given the pain that he, you know, endured. Cause as an adult, he grew to resent the clones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took some time for him to an adult Kanan to bond with adult old man Rex. Right. 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 Um, but that still may have been some kind of imprint of influence mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what I do, do you, think they're going to pursue the storyline. What do you think? I'm sorry I had interrupted your original thought, but what do you think about that? You wanted to talk about cut. And I think this is a good point to bring them in because thinking about conformity versus individuality. The the great, I think it was a season two episode called Deserter, which we should probably do on the uh, the Clone Wars mixtape. Yeah. Um, we should probably do Deserter. I think it'd be a great compliment to what's going on now with the Bad Batch. So maybe um, you guys check out the Clone Wars mixtape episode one. Uh, we did Rookies. Um, check that out. And we'll I think maybe the next episode we'll do Deserter. But that was the episode that Deserter was the episode that introduced Cut. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's first of all, it's very interesting to me and, and the idea of individuality in this show, the, the Bad Batch is the the epitome of individ, individuality when it comes to the clones um, and the fact that they're friends. You mm-hmm. know, we find out that they're friends with um, Cut, who, you know, is the ultimate individual, as we saw in, episode, in season two. Mm-hmm. He left and was like, I'm out of here. And not only did he leave got married and, you know, raised a family. No, just, he completely um, left the idea of being a soldier, you know? Right. So it wasn't just the idea of I'm, I have an, I have an individual personality. I don't want to be a part of this war anymore, mm-hmm. you know, which is goes, you know, way against what the clones are supposedly programmed to do. So what do you think about um, 
the Bad Batch being friends with Cut. What do you, and I know, you, like you said, you want to mention Cut anyway. I forget who it was. I, I think it was Tech that at the end of episode one, when they were like, okay, we got away, where are we going to go? I think it was Tech that said, I know a guy. Or maybe it was Hunter. It was one of the two. But yeah, somebody I said, Hunter. I know a guy. Right, right. And then, Talking about and then, Cut. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they some that they felt that because cut had been living outside of all of this for so many years that they Mm -hmm. could, well, at best exchange information Mm -hmm. at best find some answers to what was going on, you Mm -hmm. know, but at the very least exchange some information, um, and figure out really what to do next, you know, in a safe space. Um, one thing that struck me was that, and maybe you can help me out because I did not rewatch um, that episode in season two when Cut you know, rescued Rex and got him back to health. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't Cut have been affected by Order 66? That's a good question. And I don't remember. Um, the, that's why I said we should do to the, the deserter on the next uh, Clone Wars mixtape. But I don't remember if he somehow removed his inhibitor chip himself. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it's... It's very interesting. Um, if they if they haven't already explained that, I expect them to explain that um, because that's you know yeah he should have he should have flipped out you know or something something should have happened. Um, so yeah, I have to go back and look and see what that what that's about. And the deep dives that I sent you, no one mm-hmm. no one mentioned that either. So that's an excellent mm-hmm. question. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I you know I really wonder. I wonder if we're gonna see cut. Again, in the same way that you wonder if we're going to see Caleb again, because that second episode, episode two, cut and run, mm-hmm. um, I was trying to, I thought about, okay, if we never see what happens with cut and if he never appears in the series, I mean, if he never appears in season one, what was the point of it mm-hmm. being cut? You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like... We yeah. didn't necessarily, I mean, we didn't necessarily learn that much more about Omega. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we didn't learn any more about if they, if they were actually being pursued. Mm-hmm. Um, we did get information about the chain code, which is another nod to tying storylines together from the Mandalorian. Cause the Mandalorian is where we even first heard about what a chain code was. Right. Um, I thought it was like a, you know, like a purchase order or a work order or something like that. A mm-hmm. file numbered for. It's almost like a social security number. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so but, if it was just exposition, that's fi- you know that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it seemed to be kind of pretty expensive exposition. I think where we you got know these what? characters coming back. I think the whole reason for cut was really thematically, you know, uh-huh. because of the whole individuality thing. I mm-hmm. think what you know, because if you think about the and this is i think the writers are either purposefully or maybe um innocuously or just accidentally tying these themes to real life you know what's happening here what's happened here um in this country in real in real life or what's happening here currently or both if you think about individuality and the importance of individuality in the context of rebelling you know, mm-hmm. you can't rebel if you're conforming. You know, that's just a that's ABC. That's one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. So I think that they are really driving home the idea that how important the Bad Batch is, how important someone like Cut is 
within the context of what's happening to the galaxy right now. Because the clones, you know, we feel sorry for them because they have no choice but to conform. You know what I'm saying? There's a chip in their head that's forcing them to conform. You know, because there's that great scene where they're walking down the hallway in Camino and uh, Crosshair is like, you know, Empire, Republic, what's the difference? Yeah. And Tech is like, well, I would say the, you know, the systematic um, extinction or, uh, you know, assassination or whatever of all the Jedi, that's a pretty big difference. You know, yeah. he makes that point. It's like, I as an individual can see what's right and what's wrong. You know, there's a there's mm-hmm. a there's a difference between these two things. Whereas if you are conforming and especially like Crosshair and some of the other clones or most of the other clones, if you don't have a choice, you're conforming and it doesn't matter what's right or what's wrong. You're just going with what you're programmed to do. So I think that the use of the Bad Batch, the other um, you know, uh uh Echo, Hunter, Wrecker and Tech and now um Omega, Omega if the use of them and cut the use of them is to say, you know, here, these individuals, even though they are few compared to the many, the act, the, 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 um, the act of being an individual is necessary for this rebellion to even get, get started. Now you see the populace at large who are not clones Mm -hmm. are signing, you know, lining up to get their chain codes because they're being forced to conform, you know, it's either conform or die, you know, essentially. And I think that that's a, in a you know in a different context that's what we're all forced to do you know it's like we have to mm. do this we have to uh go sign up for this pay this do follow this rule do whatever or else we're out on the we're out in the uh, the outskirts we're marginalized out here trying to survive as quote-unquote rebels and mm-hmm. not fitting into the constructs you know and mm-hmm. then that creates a huge problem so i see this as you know the individuality um in that context i see it as you know the kind of um elevation of individuality and what that means in the context of being a rebel a rebel or starting a rebellion um so i think that's to answer your question in a long window way i think that's why cut was important you know because he was Mm -hmm. the original from season two look how much this cat rebelled look how much he he believed in his own individuality to leave his brothers not just the war he left his brothers you know Mm -hmm. who was also were also very important to him um so yeah we definitely had to go back and look at that episode but i think that's why they use cut let me ask you this. Do you see any contrast or even parallels with what we're dealing, not to be funny, but, you know, what we're dealing in real life on Earth <laughs> over the COVID-19 vaccines mm. and the mm. the binary response to, you know, and let, let me say this. I do have my own views, but mm. I am not mocking those who feel that they rationally have a serious argument about microchipping and how fast the virus, the vaccine was created in record mm-hmm. time. But I am saying, Hey, cause some people, some of, some of these individuals have had all their current vaccines. Like they're currently vaccinated. Right. Gen Xers, Gen Ys, you know, and even their millennium children, mm-hmm. They've got all their shot records up, good to go, so that they can go to school. Mm-hmm. Yet this particular vaccine, because a lot of the messaging is this is bad, and mm-hmm. that switch flips. Right, it triggers something. Right, and there's mm-hmm. no question to well, what about the so many people that have already been millions of people that have already been vaccinated that. Mm-hmm. 
I'm seeing and they don't have green spots on them. And again, I'm not trying to make mockery, but I am trying to over illustrate this clear contrast of Mm -hmm. here's been some established patterns of behavior. But now this comes Mm -hmm. and all of the messaging surrounding it, both the cause of the disease Mm -hmm. and the virus and a possible uh, solution that appears to be effective. Well, I think when you're talking about forced conformity, it really depends upon what is the threat. So if I'm Emperor Palpatine and I'm saying, you know, now everybody has to have chain codes or else you'll die or get locked up or, or your currency is no you know, you want to line up to get a chain code. You know, I don't care yeah. what your belief are. You, <laughs> you, know what gotta, you got to do it. That's whereas yeah. if I say, OK, here's a vaccine that you know can stop a virus if you or you know you have other choices your other choices may be i'm just gonna stay home you know what i'm saying i'm gonna wear my mask stay home whatever or and i'm speaking rationally because i do know you know i'm like you i don't want to criticize other people but i do know there are some very irrational arguments out there let's just be honest there's some right. ra- there's some rational arguments there's some rational so i'm just staying with the the rational arguments right if your rational argument is i don't trust that vaccine because it was developed too fast, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's still an experiment. There's new information coming out every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay home, though. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to keep quarantining or, or, or sheltering in place, whatever. Yeah, That's a rational argument. And you have that choice because no one is taking, you know, no one is saying, well, if you don't take this vaccine, we're going to lock you up or you can't eat. So there's, mm-hmm. I see the parallels between, I see, you know, there are slight parallels between what's happening in the show and real life, this real life situation we're dealing with. But I think on the show is a much more, the conformity is being forced, you know, in a mm-hmm. way that is not being forced in real life. And so for the, the, the galaxy within um, the Star Wars narrative, the galaxy at this point time, they are being forced to conform and they're being told it's for their own good. You know, Emperor, mm-hmm. Emperor Palpatine's famous speech from the Sith is repeated in episode one of the Bad Batch, where we see him, you know, you know to the, keep the Empire safe mm-hmm. and a new galactic empire. And we are going to be and all of those things that mm-hmm. uh, Ian McDermott says. And I think that's him. He came back to voice his character again. Um, but all those things that he says, yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the IMBD right now as Ian McDermott um, comes back as Emperor Palpatine. So. All those things he's saying, he's saying is for the safety of the galaxy. This empire is going to be going to protect the galaxy. It's, mm-hmm. He's saying all the things that politicians have told us, you know, mm-hmm. to our faces, you know, Democrats, Republicans, all of them have said this, you know, terrible thing that I'm doing is going to be better for you and it's going to be for your safety. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the for, forced conformity. Now, who is going to question that? You know, as soon as he says that the new empire, whatever tech or uh, excuse me, um, uh, Echo raises his eyebrow and he's like, and you hear the, 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 you know, you hear the, you hear the uh, march, the, the march coming in, mm-hmm. and tech is like, or, uh, uh, Echo. Echo is like, what the fuck? You know, he's like, yeah, what is, uh-huh. he's like, Empire. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he's like, what's going on? Uh-huh. So you see who's, you know, they're already starting to question. So on this show, we have only, you know, these few people, the bad batch or mm-hmm. the sad batch as they're called by one of the other clones, which I thought was hilarious, um, who are questioning what's going on. Now, let me make a prediction, though, Arthur. Who else is going to question what's going on? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to predict it. It is going to be the criminals of the of the galaxy or the one time um rule the ones who are following the rules but because of the empire's you know constraints they're going to become criminals in order to survive so i don't know if it's going to be you know phoenix shand 
um, from who we saw in The Mandalorian, uh, played by Ming-Na Wen. We know she's coming back or she's going to be in this series. I don't know if it's going to be her particularly. I don't know if it's going to be one of the other quote unquote criminals, bounty hunters, assassins, whatever. But just like in real society, I, I'm telling you, we're going to see quote unquote criminals being marginalized and saying, I can't live within the confines of what this empire has left me with. So I'm going to break the rules and find my own way. And I, I think if they I'm predicting they're going to go that route. And if they do go that route, if they can go deep with it, I think that's what's something that's going to make this show really stand out. Um, and speak to to your point earlier, speak to what's happening in our society. And that's that is a part of conformity versus individuality. You know, am I going to conform to something that's going to leave me starving or am I going to break out as an individual and do something that's against the rules in order so, so I can survive? That is a large swath of what we call criminality in this country, uh, which is why our jails are overflowing. You know uh, why that, you know, so many people are incarcerated. They can't conform to something that's 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 strangling them. Um, so I, I, I think we're going to see some of that in this show. What, what do you think? Um, and I'm kind of speaking of, you know, I mean, traditional I Star Wars tropes, bounty hunters, you know, all those type of people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's possible, but I don't know if I don't know if to the degree that 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 you're describing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, and the reason why is because we see the result of that thinking in so many of the other Star Wars properties. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mandalorian. Um, I mean, Din Djarin himself. He it's has no faith in, in. He has no faith in the Republic, and he don't care about the Empire outside of the fact that he still has to deal with these little fiefdoms. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, He's dealing with hand to mouth. He's dealing with well, not even hand to mouth. He's got he's got larger he's got larger goals because of his 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 uh, his coven, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that the manifestation of what you're talking about, we see play out, and I think the bad batch may serve as, and hopefully not to its detriment, but will serve as um, a series that provides a lot of the foundation. Mm-hmm of what we see in other shows and properties, mm-hmm. you know, or connects these threads together. Right. Right. And we, and we already, we did get a glimpse of uh Saul Guerrero as well. Oh, um, uh, now that that's somebody that I was happy to see. <laughs> so we saw, we are definitely going to get, you know, more of his, the origin of his um, rebellion and then quote unquote, his radicalism as he gets, you know, more and more, um, aggressive with his tactics. So I, I think that they, you know, they brought that in and it's not, um, it's interesting. It wasn't, um, my man who played him in this, it was Andrew Cashino who's playing Saul in this, in this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was surprised. I thought they were going to bring back my man for that, but they didn't. Um, why is his name leaving my brain? You know what I'm talking about? Um, to do plays, Saul? Yeah. Who plays Saul in, uh, 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 Rogue One? Rogue One. Yeah. Um, Forrest Whitaker. Terrible. Um, but Forrest Whitaker, he voiced him, I believe, in one of the iterations of Clone Wars when we saw him. Um, so we've seen him do the animated. Yeah, we see. I think mm-hmm. it, was, it was either season seven or season six. We've seen him do animated Saul Guerrero. So I was surprised to see that he didn't come back um, for this show. But it, it, either way, it's just good to see Saul. Um, so, yeah, I think we want to see that all play out. So, all right, before we wrap this up, though, so we, we are in agreement, though, conformity versus individuality seems like it's going to be a theme. We're excited about that being a theme for this, this, if not the entire series, at least this season. 
Um, before we wrap up, though, let's talk a little bit about Omega. Um, what you you said she's a clone, so and I, I agree, she is a clone. Is she a clone of uh, Django Fett? Um, that uh, Django Fett is not the only thing they they clone at that Camino. They do all types of cloning, from what I understand, right? So that's what I thought. Yeah, and I know on one of the one of the um, you know YouTube breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Part of part of the theory was that she's named Omega to symbolize the last clone from the line of Django Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do dispute that. Um, her hair is blonde, not black. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she's female. <laughs> she's female, not male. Um, mm-hmm. I've never seen another female clone that's been identified as such throughout anything in Star Wars before this. Mm-hmm. Um she doesn't know anything about her parentage. She's literally like parents. Like, what's that? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which is indicative of a, of being cloned. But all the other clones are fully aware of who they are and what they are. Mm-hmm. Whereas she is not. Mm-hmm. And especially if she is supposed to have some sort of heightened awareness. And I, I agree with that because she can definitely shoot straight. Mm-hmm. She's very intuitive. Um, and she may even have um, some, um, some telekinesis, uh, mm-hmm. telekinetic right. ability. Right. To be able to either, right. yeah, yeah, to be able to would, feel or otherwise communicate, right? So, but is she? Because you know, she takes off her um, she her headband, that, her yeah, head headband, tiara was, sort of thing, right? And there seems to be some really a strong connection between her and the uh, one of the um, Caminoans. Um, I forgot mm-hmm. the name, but it, it feels like mm, it feels like you know there's a very strong connection between her and Hunter, and I, I agree with you that there's that parental thing that Hunter may feel, but when he sees her, it's almost like he recognizes her. You know, it's like he he's kind of like, who is that? You know, it's like he has some type of stronger connection to her, like he re- remembers her or there's mm-hmm. something between them, you know, and I'm like, what is, you know, what is the connection between her and Hunter? Um, is she, is, is she, as some of the people online have theorized, is she, was she engineered to be a force sensitive clone? You know, mm-hmm. um, does this tie eventually into the whole, um, Grogu Mandalorian theory of, you know, trying to extract the, uh, the Metachlorians so that they can be, you know, they can bring back Palpatine by the time, you know, uh, rise of Skywalker rolls around. Is that what it is? You know, I don't know. I, my hope is that it's not, you know, it's something completely new. Um, I always say this, you know, I want to, you know, I want new things. I don't want to always be connected to canon that, you know, is, is, has already been shown to us, but hasn't occurred in the timeline that we're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I do get that. It's almost like an onus. Sometimes I feel maybe put on the animated series to explain or to make us, um, like I said, and like we said in the cold open, to broaden our um, understanding of canon that we've already been exposed to. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a weight that's put on the animated series, but the, but the truth is that the animated series does it so well, you know, season seven of the clone wars, especially those last few episodes really made me understand more of the dynamic between, you know, Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi-Wan and Darth Maul and, you know, all these things the animated, you know, the Clone Wars did that for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of feel like this show may have that same weight. And maybe that's Omega's role. Omega's role is to 
explain some things that we're going to see later on. But I, 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 I don't know how you feel, but I kind of also I really want it to be something new. Like, who is this mm-hmm. young girl? Why is she connected to the Bad Batch? Why does Hunter feel such a strong connection to her? What makes her so different, you know, from the other clones? Mm-hmm. I kind of want it to be something new. What about you? I I feel like the the cartoons, the animated series, mm-hmm. bear the burden of fixing or cleaning up or um, even like I was talking about at the top of the show where they have to connect these these lines together. So you feel and like that's it, different, though, than brought because I, I spoke about it in a positive light. But it sounds like you're saying it in almost in a negative light. They have to fix it instead. Of yeah, I just feel like understanding yeah, I, they have I, to I, fix it. Right. I, I, I feel I feel like a character like Omega is going to have to bear the burden of mm-hmm. telling us what all this other stuff means or trying to smooth it over at the expense of actually getting to her story and developing her character. Mm-hmm. But let me push back against that a little bit and just devil's advocate. If that let's say we find out Grogu, because we have suspicion that Grogu's purpose is to you know they're trying to extract metachlorians from him so yeah. they can bring back palpatine yeah if you find that out will you be disappointed in the in the grogu storyline because i mean so far we haven't been really disappointed in his storyline have we well no but <laughs> i just i just i just hate palpatine's return so much it just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense so you don't and want any I, kind of tangibility but or ta- tangential connection between any of this and that yeah yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I think I think I think I want my cake and and, and be able to eat it too, mm-hmm. because at this point I'm more tied to Grogu mm-hmm. than I am. I'm more invested in Grogu than I am in Omega at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, only it's like I care more. Here. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm with you though. I I think that that you know it it can be forced. I, I guess what I was saying is that it can feel forced and it feels like an unfair weight on the animated series yeah. um, to either explain things to people who aren't happy with, you know, the sequel trilogy, or yeah. if you do like the sequel trilogy, it's almost a, the, the animated series has to, you know, carry on with that or in, embellish or enhance that, you know, to give you yeah. more of that. But I think just devil's advocate for against that for a second is the idea that again, the animated series, they do it so well though. You know, like season seven of Clone Wars was so good. And those last few episodes. Yeah, they do. Oh, man, it was so great. And we've talked about how animation allows for the freedom of these kinds of storylines to happen Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. the films aren't really able to do because they kind of need to stick to a very specific script. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have as much room either. You know, but let me say this. If I had the power to compromise with the entirety of Lucasfilm Limited, Mm -hmm. I would accept... I would accept Palpatine have, wanting to build a contingency plan mm-hmm. that sustains his life mm-hmm. to say that when I'm physically gone, I need to be able to have some kind of way to still be physically present. Right. So let's try a few different ways to mm-hmm. build up some midichlorians. And so maybe Omega is a prototype of right. a clone from scratch with midichlorians but we haven't seen any kind of force capability in omega yet i would accept that but i kind of need you to tell me that like just Mm -hmm. tell me give me give me give me a three minute animated snippet Mm -hmm. of palpatine having a conversation with somebody Mm -hmm. and giving this directive 
as opposed to having to discover this over a period of X amount of episodes mm-hmm. in season one of The Bad Batch. Yeah. Is that I, fair? I, 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 I think, think that's it, fair. I think it's, I think it's fair. And I, I, I give, I, you know, I think it's fair. But I, I do give them probably a little bit more latitude than you only because they continue to surprise me. Like when I saw the mm-hmm. trailers and I saw this Omega character, I was like, oh, here we go with another little kid, you know, mm-hmm. and it's her mm-hmm. and the A-team basically, you know, it's like, why mm-hmm. we out of, we was cool with just the Bad Batch. Why do we need a kid? You know, mm-hmm. but I got to say, man, in these first two episodes, I like her. You know, she, I immediately liked her. I love the scene in episode two when she sees dirt for the first time. And she's like, mm-hmm. what is this? And mm-hmm. Tech is like, uh, that'd be dirt. Right. She's, <laughs> she's never like, been outside of a building, much less on Camino. another planet. Yeah. Yeah. All she knows is buildings and water. That's all she knows. Her, you know, wonderment and her um, earnestness. She has a real earnestness about her. And mm-hmm. just, you know, even when she causes trouble by, you know, leaving the, uh, whatchamacallit, almost getting killed by that beast. Um, or when she runs back to the Bad Batch after they've told her, to, after Hunter has told her to leave. I, I like her. You know, she's endearing. And I, I think that. I'll give them the leeway to, you know, gradually give me her story as long as they keep it interesting. That's all mm-hmm. I ask. So, all right. I know we got to wrap, but um, overall, I think we're both very happy with these first two episodes. I was yeah, actually, absolutely. You know, I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it was it would actually shock me not to be happy because I'm like, how, you know, how would you go from season seven to something that's bad? But I think that this show has an opportunity to have its own tone that's a little bit different than Clone Wars. Um, but maintain some of those, you know, storytelling, I guess, maintain the height of the storytelling that we had, we, that we grew to expect from the Clone Wars. So, um, I'm looking forward to it, man. So, but yeah, Clone Wars mixtape, um, you guys check out the, uh, the episode one of that, but I think episode two, Arthur, we probably do need to do the deserters. It's going to be, it's a great compliment to, um, to, to what's going on now with the Bad Batch. So I do, I hope to see more about the transition from clones to stormtroopers you know what that looks like and um i think that uh this is gonna i think i do i think this is gonna be a really good a really good season um can i just say that i really 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 hope that we do not see a jedi yeah another one yeah we've already seen one i yeah i don't think i i don't I, want to i don't want to arthur but i think you're gonna see him i mean i'll give <laughs> i'll give caleb a pass i, I really will just to see because i believe that he's going to show up in some way shape mm-hmm. or form mm-hmm. uh, maybe he'll connect with omega in some kind of way i don't know i mean mm-hmm. a boy gotta live somewhere are we um, gonna see ahsoka are we gonna see ahsoka that's the question I, honestly man i hope not i hope we I don't think, see ahsoka i you know i can never say no to ahsoka fam and i know I, think that, I know and it's hard for me to but i just don't i just don't think i don't think she has a place in this yet you know we're gonna see vader you know that's gonna happen uh, and if he's hunting jedi then we probably gonna see some of that too Here's last last thing though, really quickly. I wonder when they start bringing in stormtroopers, start conscripting people, is there going to be a point where you're going to have like clones serving with you know conscripted people? And I can just see the clones like really just like being hard on these on the conscripted guys. <laughs> like motherfucker, you can't hit that. <laughs> so you know, I I can just that would be hilarious. I hope they do that. I hope we get to see them side by side. You know, within the uh, uh, the empirical army, I, I, that's 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 kind of want to see. Um, all right, so let's um, we'll check back in on the Bad Batch. I don't know how many seasons, how many uh, episodes. I was just about to ask you. Be. Yeah, I have no idea, but um, I look forward to seeing more episodes, and we'll check back on it soon. And of course, as always, you guys let us know what you're thinking about the first two episodes. And by the time you hear this, you might have gotten to the third episode. Uh, so it's all good. Hashtag Mad Unreal on Twitter, and let us know what you're thinking.
follow us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify. Uh, we are found online at madunreal.com. And yes, hashtag madunreal on Twitter. Um, we can get your reactions. See you next show. Peace. Keep it unreal. Thank you.